0: Hey listeners, before we dive into this week's episode, I want to introduce you to a brand that's all about good health and great taste. It's time to level up your beverage game with HealthAid Kombucha. HealthAid isn't just any drink. It's a wellness powerhouse packed with probiotics, antioxidants, and organic goodness. With a wide range of mouthwatering flavors, you're in for a treat with every sip, from classic flavors like cayenne cleanse and ginger lemon to the bold and adventurous pink lady apple and berry lemonade, there's something for everyone. But here's the real magic. HealthAid kombucha is more than just a tasty beverage. It's a drink that loves your gut. It's raw, vegan, gluten-free, and never contains artificial anything. So if you're looking to boost your digestive health, support your immune system, and enjoy a delicious guilt-free refreshment, HealthAid Kombucha is your go-to choice. Ready to make your change for the better? Head over to HealthAid.com and use promo code TMB for an exclusive discount on your first order. That's HealthAid.com with promo code TMB. Cheers to a healthier you, and thanks to HealthAid Kombucha. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Self Starter Show. I'm your host, Steve Clare, and on this show, you're gonna be hearing from entrepreneurs You're going to hear about their wins that got them where they are, their losses and everything in between, as well as the advice that they have that helped them along the way. Along with bonus solo episodes of my personal secrets of life, success and empathy sprinkled in for you, the listener. Like chapters of a great book, each episode will provide you with a bit of a cheat code to success and happiness. All right, this week... I have a very special guest. I'm here with Jackie Goldberg, who is a life and leadership coach. Now, when I knew Jackie, we were in high school, and she wasn't a life and leadership coach then, but she did have traits that led to that. Fair to say?
1: Thank you. I, I'm curious what you think those traits are.
0: Well, I'm basing that off of what you were telling me beforehand, <laughs> how you always knew that you were going to be a life coach.
1: Yes. Yes. And I'm happy to share my story and go in depth, but I've known since I was 19 that I wanted to be a life coach.
0: I love that. Let's uh, first start with where you're at now.
1: Yeah, well, first off, thanks so much for having me, Steve. I mean, it is such a pleasure to be here, to be with you. It's been so long since we've connected, and the fact that you asked me to join today just means a lot, so thank you.
0: I love that. Well, I don't go on Facebook much, um, but like I have messages that stack up. And it's just like, it's rude to not answer somebody, but all my Facebook messages, like nine out of 10 of them are like family members of 60, 65 and up who are just commenting on you know my pictures of Seymour that I'm posting, yada, yada. And they'll DM me or whatever they call it on Facebook. So I'll go there. But when I go, went on Facebook and your post popped up about becoming a life coach and you kind of just threw a couple paragraphs up there about your story. Like I just froze, and I was like, first off, A, need to connect with Jackie. B, need to see what she's up to, and C, got to have her on the show.
1: Uh, thank you. Yeah, that post, I'm not a big Facebook person either. That post took a lot of vulnerability. Yep. Um, it was a long time coming, but I'm so glad that it resonated with you and that I get to share my story today.
0: Did you get any business out of that?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I don't think so directly yet, but there were multiple people who reached out to me. You were one of them um, wanting to connect. And then there were also people who commented that I connected with to have calls with. Um, so, you know, business takes time, yeah. but it's nurturing the relationships that you have and finding the authenticity in that. And so hopefully it'll turn into business at some point, but we'll see.
0: How are you with nurturing those relationships?
1: I mean I relationships connection are so important to me that all I've always been a relationship person I've always been a people person. So that is what comes naturally to me and it's what I love I love human connection and being with people. It's part of the reason why I'm a life coach big reason
0: Do you put any of that like on your daily to-do list like if you need to reach out Mm. to somebody? Do you leave yourself notes to make sure that you do it or like a future reminder
1: a hundred percent? I? Well, when I think of things in the moment, I either do it now, which is a huge thing that I tell my clients. If we ever Zoomed or if anyone listening ever Zooms with me, there's a little blackboard that says do it now behind me. It's a great life lesson. If I don't do it and reach out to that person in the moment, I send myself an email to reach out to them the next day or put it on my calendar. And so I'm I'm doing that a lot.
0: It sounds so easy, but it's not. It sounds like, it sounds, that's the type of thing that just sounds so obvious. Obviously do it now. (laughs) But like, I'm going to say like 90% of people don't do it now. And like you get this idea or like a reminder to do Uh something. You remember it then, five minutes later, five minutes later, you forget it.
1: It's true. You know why? Because it's so easy not to do it. It's the easier route. And our brains want to take the easy route. That's where our brains are just made to make things efficient and easy. And the easy thing is just not to do it. But then, you know, that adds up over time, and then you don't get things done.
0: Do you know, like, have you read or have you seen any studies about, like, what you just said? Mm -hmm. People will call it procrastinating. Yeah. So procrastination now versus procrastination 20 years ago versus procrastination Mm -hmm. 40 years ago. And I'm going to the the beginning of the iPhone, pre-iPhone, pre-cell phone. Like, when people had more of an ability to procrastinate, Mm -hmm. do we know if...
1: It's a great question. I don't know. I have not done the research in depth to know. And I think procrastination is a really interesting topic. A lot of people deal with procrastination. I think a lot of it is personality. But to your point, so many things have changed with technology and just things at our fingertip and consumption as as a thing in this universe that we all have constantly. We have to be wiser about how we're spending our time.
0: And know? that's why it's important to have a coach.
1: Yeah. There you go.
0: (laughs) So tell me more about what you're doing.
1: Yeah. So I am a life and leadership coach, facilitator, and speaker. Um, I've known I wanted to be a life coach since I was 19. I studied psychology in college. Um, Today I work with clients one-on-one, so I do individual coaching. I work with professionals, high-performing individuals who are looking to be their authentic selves, find their authentic voice boost their confidence, shift their mindset um, and I also work in companies. So I do facilitation work on topics such as this. So bringing your best self to work, psychological safety. Um, I leverage a framework or a personality system called the Enneagram. Are you familiar with the Enneagram? It's a wonderful, wonderful system that's based in ancient roots. I became certified this past year and it just helps you understand who you are better. And more specifically your motivations around why you do what you do and so I'm also bringing that into workplaces as well and working with teams on team development and team dynamics
0: is that like a series of questions that like kind of like if answer this question and based on your answer mm-hmm. now answer this one or this one
1: yeah so what's really fascinating about the Enneagram is that no one company owns it it, it, it was really started Thousands of years ago, and it's only made its way into modern psychology and modern business starting around the 1970s So there are different companies that have popped up that have their own assessments So you can go online and take a free assessment or you can go with a certified practitioner and take a paid assessment That's more scientifically validated, right? Because that company is really looking at um, statistics and data and you know and has all that more specific for them. Yeah, but you know some people will say you don't need the assessment in order to type. You know, if you really study the enneagram or you work with a practitioner over time and you and you learn what the core types are, you learn all the behaviors. Um, you can self-identify and you can find yourself in the system itself. So, it's fascinating.
0: <laughs> it's all fascinating. Is this okay. all Googleable?
1: sure yeah you can totally google it it's the enneagram so it's e-n-n-e-a-g-r-a-m okay it comes from the greek word ennia is nine and gram is a script i believe or word and so when you put it together it's like a nine core type so yeah you can google it um but i love it because it really helps people yeah decouple their personality from like their ego from their true self their true essence And it under, it helps you understand yourself better, but then with teams in the workplace, you understand your team members better. So you understand why they're doing what you're doing. So if you have a conflict with someone on a team, you can be like, oh, this is why you do that, okay. And the best thing about it is that it, Brings a heightened level of compassion in the workplace, which is unfortunately missing Mm -hmm. um, within teams, within individuals. So, if anything, like just increasing levels of compassion can help a team work better together. And my clients that I use it one-on-one with, I mean, they're they're fascinated. It's like a mirror that they're like it's looking into a mirror and 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 finding out things within you that were lying there that you either didn't want to see or you just hadn't because you hadn't looked inward enough. And i help that bring that out and then you can use that to change anything in your life
0: i love that when now with with doing that do you do a lot of group work or is it mostly one-on-one
1: so my i do one-on-one individual coaching i move. i don't do group coaching right now it's something later on i Mm -hmm. as i build my business um, and i can share more about doing this more full-time based on that facebook post that you saw um, but the, the team stuff I am doing within within corporate and working cool. with teams. And it's interesting how it comes about, right? Because sometimes it's working with a leader who's using the Enneagram and they can see the benefits for themselves and so they want to do it with their direct team. Um, or it's working with an HR person who sees the Enneagram, is hearing about it, hearing about the benefits of it, and wants to test it out with a group. So I'm, I'm, I'm having those conversations right now.
0: I love this and uh, more so because I love um... – I love different tools to, it's not like a BuzzFeed article article Mm -hmm. where it's like, what's your personality, (laughs) which friend's character are you, where it's like a personality trait type of thing, but it's like actual real life yeah. where you could actually reflect Mm -hmm. and look inside and the fact that I never knew about this makes me love it even more.
1: Yeah, it's it's sacred and um, there's a spirituality aspect to it for sure. And so really? when using yeah, so when so it's
0: not just like like uh, like I, an IQ thing. It's more is Is it a bit IQ also?
1: It's more EQ emotional intelligence. It's not IQ um, But it's based on human beings like we are complex beings and we are not just our brain We are, we are our emotions. We are our body centers and we're spirit, you know, so You cannot look at a personality or your true self without recognizing that there's a spiritual aspect and it's really interesting because when you use it in business you don't necessarily talk about that part of it right unless you're with the right group but there's a whole business side to it because who runs businesses people humans and so it's interesting and there's a lot it's it's in it's in depth it's complex um, but there's so much there that you can use to be better for yourself, and if you're leading people, better for the people around you.
0: I love it. So where did this all begin? Take me, take me to the, the roots, yeah. the origin story.
1: Ah, well, those traits in high school that <laughs> you saw in me, always been a people person. Um, I took an AP psych class in high school, loved it, fascinated by human behavior, why people do what they do, which is so interesting because now at 37 years old.
0: 20 years be, later.
1: 20 years later, being a Enneagram practitioner is like literally, it's, just, it's, it's literally it's what literally I was meant AP to do. It's psych for grownups. <laughs> it's what I was meant to do. <laughs> um, and so I knew right then and there, I'm going to major in psychology. I went to Lehigh University. I majored in psychology. I knew I didn't want to be a therapist. Um, for two reasons. One, first of all, I'm a huge fan of therapy. I have a therapist myself. Um, it's it's not a knock on therapy at all. But for me per- personally, number one, therapy is past based, so it's really about looking at your childhood, your experiences, why you do what you do from that uh, nurture, yep. you know, and, and coming into present day. And I'm a very future oriented person. I always have been. I've always been, what's next. You know goal oriented um and well, how long have
0: you been going to therapy
1: i st- well it's been on and off you okay. know as as you as your life evolves i and the first therapist i saw was in my 20s at some point um and my husband and i do couples counseling and we've been doing it since a year before we got engaged hmm. Because, I mean, that's a whole other separate story, but we are both divorced, you know, and we knew that, like, whoever we were gonna be with, we wanted to make sure we were on the same page about everything, and we're coming up, you know, on two years of doing it, and we don't wanna stop. We love it. She, awesome. we, we told her, she can't leave us. <laughs>
0: that's awesome, because a lot of people think couples therapy, they think that there's a problem. And, and it's nice to hear this, to know that you don't have to go to therapy because there's a problem, but more so, I'm not even going to say a preventative, or I'll say more so to elevate.
1: And proactive.
0: Yeah, being proactive yeah. and it, it probably elevated your relationship. And
1: I will say that a lot of people think that about life coaching too. That people come to me with their problems. Sometimes, but sometimes where people are like, I just want to be better. You, you know, if, I want to if live if happier, I, I want to be more A hundred
0: percent, would you say 50-50, 60-40?
1: It's hard to say what's a problem. Who's, who's describing this problem? Is this you know something that you're saying is a problem, but maybe it's really the best thing for you right now? I mean it's really hard to I don't fix. I don't solution. I partner with my clients. Um, but going back to the therapy thing, like the second reason was um, therapists you know are one to one hour after hour or that was like the typical what I would think of as a therapist. and I'm just such a dynamic person. Mm. As I said I work with groups, I work with teams. I needed more energy and I just knew that. So when I was, and this is a story I tell a lot. I've told it on other podcasts. It's on my website if you go to my website. But um, when I was 19... Can you tell it right now the
0: most exciting you've ever told it?
1: I will try. I will try. When I was 19 years old, I was in my sorority dorm room and I was researching what I could do with a psychology degree and I came across life coaching. And I'm like... Oh my God, this is it. This is what I want to do in my life. I want to help people be their best selves, live their best lives, inspire people. And I called my dad, who was my best friend and my consultant and all the things, and my father. I said, Dad, I know what I want to do in my life. And he said, what? And I said, I want to be a life coach. He goes, Jackie, you have no life experience. How are you going to be a life coach? And I said, well, I just want to help people, be their best selves, inspire others. He goes, "Mm, why don't you put on the back burner and get a real job? He
0: wasn't wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong at all.
1: I think like any teenager would, I followed his advice. I think I was like, I know, but, you know, (laughs) but um, I went to human resources and I was like, what can I do the closest thing to get to people? Go into the corporate world, be, you know, with people in the corporate space. Um, I have two older sisters, both of which are in corporate. They've been at their companies for a long time. And, you know, when you're the youngest child, you often follow suit. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, corporate, human resources. And that's where I started my career. And at what company? Which at company? Bloomberg.
0: Okay.
1: I was at Bloomberg for about five years um, in recruiting and career development. And career development was under the learning and development umbrella. So as you can see, a lot of what I do is I'd say, within that umbrella of organizational
0: Either work. way, you're helping people be them, their best self. Yeah, or, yeah. Where are now and we're then.
1: And it was dynamic, which I was looking for. And
0: and at a company like Bloomberg. And
1: it was an awesome company. <laughs> it was an amazing training ground for being a professional. I learned so much there. Fast-paced, brilli- brilliantly talented people. Great environment. Really good environment. The hustle-bustle of New York City. I was so... Fortunate.
0: The uh the pantry at Bloomberg is is something to write home about. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, have you ever been to LinkedIn? Because that's where I went next, and <laughs> LinkedIn was a little little bit better. <laughs> uh, but I've been spoiled with my companies, I will say. Yeah.
0: So you started post college, you go to Bloomberg. Yeah. You're there for how long?
1: I'm there for almost five years.
0: Oh, you put in time.
1: I've always put in time. I moved to LinkedIn after that, and I was there for six and a half years. So I've been a dedicated employee, huh. yeah.
0: So tell me more. What what made you want to go to LinkedIn and then what made you go from LinkedIn? Well, yep,
1: I'll, I'll share. So, um, you know, career development at Bloomberg was awesome. We were basically given a blank, a blank canvas. We were helping internal talent build their careers at the company. I was doing things like one-on-one career coaching. I was facilitating sessions on how to build your reputation in the workplace, how to network, how to keep yourself motivated, how to find your strengths and your weaknesses. I mean, it was amazing. And like any great things, they come to an end. And I was ready for a change. I was ready for something different. Um, I had had a a colleague at Bloomberg who left to go to LinkedIn eight months before I joined LinkedIn. And I found a role there that sat in the business. Now, this is a very big thing. When you're in HR, your clients are your internal—they're all internal, right? And I really wanted to get experience with client-facing, you know, experience—being out, meeting with people in sales-ish, you know—but um, being able to see what life was like at an organization, not being in HR, just being in the business where the revenue is generating and it's exciting. And so, not to say HR isn't, but I just wanted that, and I think it was a good move for me kind because. Of isn't. Because I I got to experience life outside of HR, and I got a lot of good experience. So the LinkedIn role was a customer education consultant. At the time, that's what it was called. And basically, um, LinkedIn has a lot of products, but one of the the core product at the time was LinkedIn Recruiter, which um, companies purchase licenses and so that their recruiters, their talent acquisition teams use in order to find talent. My particular role worked with those companies and helped them be successful with that product. I did training on the product.
0: It's basically saying like here's the whole suite. If you're going to pay for this, let me make sure that you're getting the most bang for exactly.
1: your buck. Exactly. I, I want you to find value with it. I want you to use it strategically. I want you to align it with your talent acquisition goals. want to educate you on how to use the product itself. Make sure you're up to speed on our product updates. Was there
0: any uh, upsell from you doing that or was it just – your education.
1: Yeah, so it, it was education for the first six months and then they, they changed the title and changed the role a little bit more to be some a little bit more strategic. Um, I was bonus but I wasn't compensated on upsells. I had a sales rep that I worked with that was more around upselling mm-hmm. um, but we partnered very closely. I did that for three and a half years and um, it was awesome. I had eight clients, big financial firms, pharmaceutical companies. I was in boardrooms with you know heads of talent and it was an awesome experience, and, I and loved it.
0: also just like Bloomberg, you were in an awesome environment. It was awesome. So being LinkedIn awesome- is. <laughs> My sister in law works there, and she loves it.
1: She oh she does. Yes. Okay, we'll have to take that offline. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, amazing. So why'd you leave?
1: So well, I did that role for three and a half years or three years, and then I wanted to manage people, which was bringing me more into like that development. You know, help people be better.
0: Was there anything motivating you to want to do that or kind of, I guess not motivating you, pushing you? Was yeah. Was there anything pushing you to want to do that? It's a
1: great question because I get, this, I get asked this a lot, especially from individual contributors that are looking to move into management. I was so ready for it not to be about myself anymore. I felt like I was ready to like be a mama bear a little bit, you know, have a team that I can lift up and elevate to your point and develop and... Um, do great things with. I was just ready for it not to be about myself. And when you're an individual contributor, your schedule's on your own, you know, your time is your own, you, you make your goals, you hit your goals. I was ready for it to like expand. And I really felt that. And I moved into management and I led teams for three and a half years there. And it was a great experience. But the biggest thing that happened for me at LinkedIn was my own transformation. And this is a key part of my story because LinkedIn helped me transform personally and professionally for in so many ways. But it was during this time I went through my divorce. I really started to find myself. I started doing coaching. I started doing therapy. I started journaling. I started a gratitude practice. I started meditating. I mean, I changed my life. I changed my life. I became a better person over the course of a few years and LinkedIn supported me. So much.
0: Everything you just said are all like exercises of a healthy lifestyle. Yes, yes. So when if you didn't, if you had eight out of those or none of those things, and you had all of them in at the same time, that's like a, just like a boost of serotonin. Yeah. On a daily basis.
1: I saw the effects of it. I saw the effects. I practiced gratitude every single day. Oh, love that. Every single day in 2017, it changed my life. I started meditating in July of 2017. Meditate every day since then.
0: You have an app on your phone for I gratitude. used Calm
1: for, oh, for, I thought you were for meditation. I don't. I write down. It's changed over the years. Right now, I do in the morning, I do a journaling mm-hmm. exercise and I write down what I'm grateful for. Um, every day? Mostly. Mostly. I try to. You know, the habits, habits are huge. Yeah,
0: well, other than just writing what you're grateful yeah. for, do you only do that and then you put the pen down, or do you just then write about, what else you are thinking about? So
1: it's totally evolved over time. I can tell you my practice right now is gratitude and intentions for the day. Basically thoughts that I want to be hooked onto throughout the day to keep me motivated, to keep me strong, keep me healthy. And they, it works, it works. And, um, that's my process now. but And then I drop the pen and, you know, go do my stuff. And sometimes I journal at night, just, you know, journal freely. Um, but anyway, I, I went through a personal transformation. I really changed. And like my dad said, I needed to experience life. And I experienced life. Oh, yeah, you did. And life coaching found me in 2018. There was a woman at LinkedIn who was doing a program. And I shadowed, and I was like, this is my time. So, so-
0: the divorce happened while you were at LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, it in uh, 2017, yeah.
0: Was it adding all these different aspects to your life, you, you wanted to push into that because of divorce and because you were going down, and you're just like, all right, I need a complete 180. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do this? I love gratitude. I love meditating. And everything, Those all the things that go into that bucket. Mm-hmm. And then you just... Implement it into your life that it just became common practice.
1: Yeah, so I'd say my husband and my ex-husband and I Started having issues probably 2016 And when I say issues. It was a lot on me. I didn't know who I was I was um, Living this which I can say now very confidently But obviously at the time it took some exploration to get there, but I lived my 20s Automatically meaning I was not really awake I was pretty much asleep to what was going on. Of course, I had this great career and I had my health and I had the the perfect husband and I had the apartment in the city. And, and of course, there's so much gratitude in that, but I wasn't present to it. And...
0: You were like a hamster on a wheel.
1: Yeah. And, you know, growing up, I was very fortunate and I had things handed to me that I didn't realize were handed to me. And unfortunately taking a lot of things for granted and when you wake up to that it you know it's kind of eye-opening you mm-hmm. know and I found myself almost in this like who am I wow like I've just been kind of like riding life and leading this script that I felt like it was written out for me right it was a script of like oh yeah you get the good job you live in the city you meet the guy you you get engaged well, being
0: the third child, It was easy to be blinded by that and have tunnel vision of this is how my life's supposed to be because you did this and you did this. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I think my sisters, but also just my social circle, the people I surrounded myself with were people that I was just brought up with, right? You know, you, you don't, you don't get to choose things when you're a kid, right? You get kind of, and I just, when I was ready to choose, I just wasn't. Aware of that. And so I kind of just kept going with what was. And I don't know if this happens to a lot of people. I think it happens to some people. I think, again, I had a lot of good fortune where I didn't have to make these decisions. It kind of just worked out. But I wasn't happy and I wasn't fulfilled. There was just something missing.
0: That's the key word right there. Fulfilled. Fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the time, like maybe you were happy, but happy, but empty.
1: Exactly. Can
0: only go so far.
1: Yeah, and like what is happiness, right? Because happiness can be fleeting and because you get happy in a moment because you're laughing and you're, you know, enjoying good entertainment or happiness could just be within, which is what I help people do is look inward and find that happiness so they're not creating it with circumstances, right? They're not creating it with external things, but they're happy no matter what right like no matter what the circumstances that happiness is there because they've created it from within they didn't look externally for it i was always finding it externally so i was happy sure but was i fulfilled happy no i love that yeah
0: love that so what was the catalyst that got you out of out of this amazing job at linkedin yeah so like
1: <laughs> gosh so um
0: how many, and did, were your coworkers like, I understand you want to go do this, but you got a good gig here.
1: Well, I, it took me, it, I didn't leave in 2018. I left in 2021. So oh. LinkedIn, I mean, but to your point about like doing all the meditation, the gratitude with um, like with going through like my, you know, divorce, it took a year before we actually got divorced. Um, and it, that whole year was therapy, you know, individual therapy, marriage counseling, um, so
0: you guys did marriage counseling while going through the, going through but the but divorce. It
1: was like prior to the divorce, Got yeah. It. And then you know what actually was a game changer? Game changer, studying Kabbalah. I don't know if you're familiar with Kabbalah. Ish. So my ex-husband had someone who he worked with. This woman who studied Kabbalah and like raved about it. And I, I think her and her boyfriend at the time were doing it together. So he actually brought it to the table. And I had felt like spirituality was missing in my life. So I was like, oh, this could be like a really great thing to do. So we did it. We did – there's three levels and we did level one together. And midway through level two, we split. And I continued with level two and I finished level three and then I did it all over again. And I, I'm not going to get into Kabbalah, but it's more the spiritual aspect. What it gave me was the strength and the courage to make a decision like leaving my ex-husband. It just opened up. It got me in touch with my truer self that I had been not in touch with for years and years and years. And so with all that said, that was then 2017. And then, yeah, I started to adopt these practices when I was on my own and had more time to be with myself. Not more time, but more awareness of being with myself, which I didn't have before. And that's when I I – I remember the first day I meditated. I said – Hmm. Everyone like talks about this. It's never been for me. I'm not, you know, I was like, but maybe I should just try it And I tried the calm app. They had a 21 day <laughs> 21 day for free yeah. and I did it every 21 days and I was hooked
0: and so that was the it.
1: meditation, right? But all these practices, yeah, I, like I would started it. And I then... love
0: that. So did you did you stick with calm or did you? I
1: stuck with calm for your own years. Thing. I recent, huh. I I think I gave up my subscription last year at some point because now I do silent meditation for twenty minutes every morning, and it's that's Sh- my practice. Transcendental meditation. I don't really know what that means. T- I just TM. Yeah, I just have my own silent It changes my mantras. It changes day to day, but it's just 20 minutes silence by myself. And yeah.
0: Nice. Gives you energy.
1: Oh my God. Sensors you. I can do a whole other podcast episode on meditation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, that was that. And then LinkedIn. So I...
0: So did you start your... Did you start your life coach training while at LinkedIn?
1: Yes. So I got my certification. It was a year-long program, 2018 to 2019. And I didn't leave LinkedIn until 2021. So I was doing this on huh. the side. Were
0: you looking for a role within LinkedIn where you could be a life coach?
1: So it's a good question. Um I could
0: see like some parallels there.
1: Yeah. So here's one of the reasons why LinkedIn was amazing for me. In addition to my personal transformation that they were very supportive of um, and aided in in many ways like use their employee assistance program for therapy Um, I mean they had book drops of like like mindset was a book drop that they did and it I loved it I love that book you know like there was just a lot of support they also really supported me professionally so while I was a manager managing a team. I started a podcast at LinkedIn called In the Arena. It's still going on today. It's called Every Day Better with Leah Smart. Leah and I started it in 2019. We did it for two and a half years together before I left. All about transformation. All about having these vulnerable conversations in the workplace. And LinkedIn supported us with that. We had our studio in the Empire State Building. We had our executive <laughs> sponsor. I mean, it was incredible. Incredible. Um I was also very involved with our mindfulness and compassion team. So the head of that team at the time, Scott Shute, one of my dear mentors, um, I, for two years, led meditation in the, in the uh, New York City office on Fridays and did a whole program. I would lead workshops through them, that team, and the L&D. I created and delivered my own workshop around psychological safety and was getting flown to places to deliver it. I mean, it was incredible on top awesome. of my job, right? So even though I wasn't doing what I really wanted to be doing full time, I got so much out of this like side stuff that I was doing.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you were- you It was were, amazing. Like your bucket was overflowing.
1: It was overflowing, but then it led to burnout a little bit. Okay. In the sense that I was working on weekends. I basically had three jobs. But you were jobs. doing what you loved. I had three jobs. I was a manager at LinkedIn. I had a coaching practice. I started taking on clients. 2018 oh, okay right when i you didn't say that well right when i did my started my coaching program i started taking on clients
0: how did you get your first client how did you oh, get your second how did you get your third because i didn't i thought <laughs> I, from the story i thought you didn't start until 2021
1: nope yeah no i started coaching side hustle um my first client was a linkedin employee who did it pro bono um, so i didn't charge i didn't charge my first two clients what I did do after her, so she referred someone. That was my second client. Um, I think she was part of this. I basically did a win-win-win program. So what this program was was, you pay me what you want to pay me. I get my coaching hours because you need a hundred hours in order to get your certification, and I will donate all the money. Oh, because, so
0: win-win-win. And
1: I donated it to Memorial Sloan Kettering, where my dad, my dad. Passed away of cancer in 2019, but he was sick and, you know, Memorial Sloan Kettering had always been a part of his journey. Um, But with um, the International Coaching Federation, which is under the umbrella, one of the umbrella, you know, uh, foundations for coaching, federations for coaching, they need you to, it's, you need to get like an exchange, right? So even though I was getting paid for it, it didn't matter that the money wasn't coming to me, right? I was able. So I built up some clients that way, and I started getting my hours, and then my first full-paying client was referrals. It was all referrals. It still... Today is a yep. lot of referrals.
0: Are you in any uh, Facebook groups or um, any discords where you get clients from there?
1: Um, not really, to be honest. And I the, the reason
0: I ask is because yeah. Harper, who was on the show, yeah, Dreamers and Doers, which is a Facebook group, she got tons and tons of clients oh like, interesting i when she told me this i was like i didn't realize you had more than a dozen clients she like, yes yeah. she had dozens dozens from this facebook group
1: oh interesting well we as we spoke about with facebook i'm not super active yeah. <laughs> but i should go and look into that now i you know so i know we i've skipped over some of it but i just quit my corporate job and this June of this year, I left LinkedIn to go to Degree. I was there for a year and a half and I quit to do my passion work full time. So I'm still in the building phase, right? So my clients individually that I'm getting pretty much all referrals. I have gotten some from like posting content on LinkedIn. I do these weekly videos. Um, but, you know, that's, it's good to know that there are things out there, but I'm still figuring out like where are my people coming from <clears throat> and and stuff like that. There's a lot of I do I thought you were gonna ask about um, like communities of coaches because I, I do have a lot of support from like other coaches and in being involved it. in communities. Where
0: did you today. find these communities?
1: The International Coaching Federation, which I'm a member of, um, does a lot of events and workshops, so I attend those. Do they have an
0: HQ or is that all online?
1: Well, It's a good question. They have an HQ. They must have an HQ somewhere. But they there's a New York City chapter that I'm a part of, so I'll join a bunch through them. So they'll do like a networking event, but then a lot of it's webinars and Zoom stuff. Um, And I meet coaches just like in the world. Like I met a coach at a coffee shop because she had Life Coach on her laptop, a a sticker. Which then I went out and bought Life and Leadership Coach because I'm like, this is great. (laughs) That is smart.
0: It's just and that's like I was in my office yesterday. I'm like, guys, I need a hoodie. Like, just because I'm in the gym five, six days a week, and I'm wearing, I have like three hoodies. I wear it, I wash it, I wear it again. But they need to say like, Sirhan or TMB or just I sell real estate.
1: Exactly. Just let people know. Exactly. You know, there's this um, woman that I follow, Stacy Bayman. She she teaches like life coaches how to make money, and I just love her content. And she talks a lot about mindset and so forth. But she. We'll always say, you need to let people know that you're open. That open sign has to be there. Like, I'm open. I'm here. If you don't let people know, they don't know, right? And it's it's selling from a service perspective. You're, we're, we're offering services to Absolutely. people. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different tricks and stuff. But the communities have been great of coaches and a lot of support there.
0: What uh, What avenues are you exploring to potentially get new clients?
1: So, I've been really trying to beef up my marketing, my social media <laughs> marketing. Um, I have a social media intern from my college now who's wonderful. What's her name? Her name's Ria. Um, hey, Rhea. Yeah, hey, Ria. She's awesome, and she's supporting me, knows so much more than I do about social media. makes me feel very old. Um, but just trying to get more content out there and put my voice out there, um, share what I want to be sharing, how I want to be sharing it. I do these weekly practice areas, one-minute videos. I release them on Mondays. You can find them on social. Um, I also have a newsletter that people can follow if they want. And it's basically like, for this week, take on this practice. And it's all about, you know, things to be better for yourself and practice it in the week and see what happens. So I've been doing that. Um, And a lot of networking, relationships, you know, back to relationships, it's, Telling people what I'm doing, talking to people, having conversations, taking action every day. Just taking action. Messaging one person, you know, um, calling that person. And yeah, I think that's where I've been probably spending my time now.
0: What's good with what you do is that there's no red tape. So essentially, you could be putting out as authentic of content as you Mm -hmm. want and not have to worry about, is it okay for me to post this? Yeah. Because essentially... If you're doing it, it's okay.
1: Yeah, it's true. And that's
0: probably what you, not push, but it's it's probably what you preach to your clients.
1: Well, yeah, and it makes me think of this thing that one of my mentors once told me. He was like, no one can take away your story, right? So as much as it's so helpful to relate to things that I've done and have worked for me, and it's also such a good practice to continue practicing these things every day. Like I love doing this work because I get to do the work on myself every day. And that means that I get to live a happy and fulfilled life every day. Like an authentic life. And like, what's better than that? In my opinion, nothing. So I'm do so I get to practice these things. I'm not just preaching and not doing it.
0: Your dad was right.
1: I needed the experience. Yeah, that, yeah. your dad
0: was right. You needed the experience. And now you have it. Yeah. And now you're, you're just growing.
1: And now I'm growing. And now yeah, you're
0: growing. You're growing doing what literally like you feel you should be doing in your core. Yeah,
1: and like the days where it's tough, you know, where I'm home by myself in the apartment, you know, don't maybe don't have a meeting on the calendar or something, all I have to do is, A, remember whatever intention I set for that day, but I go back to thoughts like, I am meant to do this work. I am meant to do this work. So it doesn't matter. Like, what? It, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. So there's nothing wrong.
0: So how were your sisters in terms of support while transitioning into doing what you love?
1: Oh gosh, my sisters are the best. They're amazing. Just for an example, I did a webinar last week or two weeks ago, a free webinar, and they both joined. Not just like to support me, but also like, I, they really believe that I have value to add. And it was so like, you know, they're older than me and they, they learn from me and it like, it makes me feel great, you know? Um, but they've been amazing, you know, it's nothing happens overnight. And it's so important for anyone to recognize it. It's all a journey. And so, you know, they were there from me from day one with whatever day one was, whenever that was like they were there (laughs) and they've they've been there and my mom, too, and my dad before he passed. But, you know, my sisters have been great.
0: So I'm assuming that like you had imposter syndrome right off the bat. Fair to say? Everybody did. If you didn't, um, I, I think it's
1: it's gone
0: up and down. Yeah. What are the things that you have done to make the imposter the imposter syndrome subside?
1: I'm trying to think of an example, and it's um, it's nothing's coming to me. But the answer I'll give there, because this is what I work with clients on, is. Well, for one, looking at your successes and looking at your accomplishments And
0: knowing, helps. like, this didn't like, just fall out of the sky. Exactly. Like you, you created that. Yeah. You
1: did that, right? I think that's always helpful. But then, like, all clients be like, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no. <laughs> you did. Um, but, um, so I think that's always helpful. But I just go back to mindset and, like, no one... Is telling me the way to be or the way to feel I have free will to decide how I want to be and what I want to think to myself and who I want to be in this world so that gives me a lot of confidence that should give any human being confidence that you have free will to say the things you want to say to be the person you want to be to show up to create the things you want to create and when I go to that it just gives me power and energy and it's not easy to like do that I think? you think you have to develop a muscle to get comfortable with doing uh, I that? I was
0: literally just gonna say that and what goes hand in hand with that is accountability. Yeah. So I'm sure well you tell me, while implementing this onto your clients, uh what's your best practice of holding them accountable?
1: I think it you definitely wanna share with people in your circle that you're doing this work that's important to you, that here are the things you're working on. I think just having other people who know, it's like putting your open sign up, right? Like I'm doing business for myself right now, you know, and I would love your support. Um, I get very specific with my clients. We go into micro moments, like the moments in your day that you're not being present and that something happens, but then here you are, you know, a lot of clients will come to me about managing time, right, balance, um, not being able to do it all. But bringing presence into your moment in the moments actually saves so much time, right? Because then you're not forgetting your keys. You're not forgetting this or that. So I use that as an example, but it's, it's the micro moments of getting really specific and then rewarding yourself. I'm like, wow, I just caught myself. Wow, my husband was just talking to me and I realized I was not paying attention, but I just realized now that I wasn't paying attention, go me. And it's those little things. Those add up. Yeah. They add up.
0: I love that. Mm. Yeah. What are, the, what are the next six months look like for you? Because uh, this is all fairly newish. Yeah. So like the next month is going to be massive growth and then two months is going to be massive growth. What are the next six months in your yeah. eyes look like?
1: Yeah. So, you know, and just going back to my story a little bit for context for our viewers you know, I left LinkedIn in 2021 to go to a smaller ed tech company, also in client success, also a direct like in a director role. But I really, you know, was wanted to see if I can do some of this work there, right? Like do coaching and transformation. And ultimately, my vision didn't work out, which is which is great because now I'm here, right? So in June, I left full time to do it. You I learned love. from it, and I learned from it, and I built amazing relationships. And nothing is a waste, it's all a, it's there's like that quote, right? It's either um, uh, it's a you either a, it's a, it's you a, either win or you learn, right? Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I I'm fifty fifty. I like I love that sometimes, but sometimes it makes sense. Yeah, but it just I don't know, it just sounds corny, but I I say it all the time.
1: Yeah, it, it, because it's just how you look at it, right? Like, so in any event, December second will be six months of in my business, and so I have six months more to that year date. Um, someone said to me one of my contacts that I was speaking to, he goes, let this first year be a playground. And I love that because there's no right or wrong. You know, there's, um, I'm fortunate. I have money saved, like from a financial perspective. Like I I made the decision with knowing I was good there. Um, I believe in myself. I, you know, so I get to try things. And so this next six months is it's continuing to try, but it's also getting more focused on what my offerings are, how I speak to them, who my people are in corporate, who my people are as one-on-one clients. I'm getting there. I have, I know what I love. I know the types of clients I love working with. But um, in terms of like identifying the problem and you know the whole marketing stuff, like I think that's what will bloom a little bit more in the next six months. But then it's just a year. It's the infancy stage, so.
0: What do you do to help perfect your pitch and help mold the next phase of your company?
1: Yeah. It's um, a lot of support, you know. Um, like
0: from other life coach groups?
1: Like coaching communities. Um, I have a business counselor that I'm working with right now to help me get more focused on, like, the business aspect, getting really clear on that narrative. Do you have a deck? Yeah. Um, ish, but not anything super formal. I have a lot of different like pamphlets of things I've put together um, just, you know, based on scrappiness of like what I think, but I know I'm not there yet. And there's a lot of like giving yourself grace and I give myself a lot of grace. I've been like, it's okay. I don't know, I don't have that specific because like, again, I'm just, I'm really in the infancy stage. I look at it as big picture. You asked me about the next six months. I think about the next 30 plus years. I'm 37. I'm going to be working for 30 plus years. So I have 30 plus years and I'm going to like bang the shit up. Can I say that on here? You can say the fuck you want. <laughs> I'm going to bang the shit out of this yeah. because I don't need to get where I want to be in 30 years in six months. I just need to enjoy the ride, find joy in it, be the best person I can be, serve others, do it for my heart, and do what I love and stick with that and... The money will come, the things will come, you know, but yeah, it's, it's a better, it's a better way to be in life than to just continue to go, go, go. And I don't do that. I've balanced. Don't do that anymore. Don't do that anymore. Because I'm way more present, way more aware of just everything.
0: I love it. And what are you reading right now?
1: Oh gosh, I'm reading like a lot of nonfiction. I, I just... Right now?
0: Like you read multiple at a time?
1: Yeah, because a lot of what I'm reading right now, like the book I brought with me on the train is around the enneagram because I'm it's a lot of, you know, studying and just continuing to be mm-hmm. clear on it. Um coaching books. Um like I was on in, on vacation last week so I started a fiction novel, Mad Honey by Jodi Picoult, so I have that. But
0: Will you do two fictions at a time? No,
1: not two fictions at a you time. You know
0: what? I Mm-mm. think and I, you know we were talking about this how I just I'm on my second fiction book ever right now.
1: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I love like,
0: that. <laughs> halfway through, like it's kinda like if you were like watching a show and maybe you get halfway through the season and then you just pick up another show. Yeah. Just because you're like, I need a break from this show and I'll come back to it. Yeah. The story is not going anywhere. Yeah. It's not like you're gonna forget what happened. It's kinda like, you know, ten episodes and after five, you start another show. Once that hits yeah. five the fifth episode, go do six through ten of this one. Mm-hmm. I might do that.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I used to read a lot. I mean, I still read, but I listen to podcasts a lot now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, over time it changes. But I used to read a lot and I would not finish books. And I had a lot of shame around it. <laughs> I didn't like that about myself. I didn't like that I wasn't finishing books. So I, I made a claim to myself, I'm going to finish every book I read. And I did that for years.
0: It's so fun. So I have a buddy of mine who reads, I think I asked him last week, he was up to like, 45 this year or 41 Mm -hmm. and i remember i was reading a book like a few months ago and i called him like hey i'm reading this book it's not for me yeah i I really (laughs) don't like not finishing." he's like dude here's what i do get to 100 if at 100 Mm -hmm. you if at 100 pages it's still not for you don't do it
1: what page were you on at that time uh
0: 60 something okay and it was just like it was a book like a, another friend of mine who has read thousands of books i was at her house and, I, and her library is massive i'm like mm. there's one book in here that you think i should read what is it she's like read the universe is a green monster and i'm just like that sounds like it's for you not for me <laughs> but i will do it because you recommended it and it was just so like trippy hippy dippy. I never heard of it. It was she recommended it and I'm sure that it's a great book with like deep meaning. Yeah. But like I couldn't do it.
1: Well it's funny because when I made that pact to myself and, I'm, and I stuck to it I was super choosy about my books. So I was like <laughs> I'm not reading a book unless it's been referred to me by people I trust and I like read a little bit I'm like okay this could be up my alley because I didn't want to break that pact to myself. But now I'm, I'm more lenient like I haven't finished this book from my vacation last week and I'm okay with it.
0: So what is one book that you would recommend for anybody Three.
1: Okay so I actually brought two books that I would love to share with the audience. So I know you asked for one but these are two books that really impacted me. They're not books that I've read recently okay but they're really instrumental in my career and i feel like really helpful so the first is bring your whole self to work by mike robbins um mike robbins he is a mentor of mine he became a mentor after i read this book i reached out to him in 2017 he is a motivational speaker a coach and this is all about bringing vulnerability and authenticity into the workplace and i designed a workshop around this at linkedin where i helped teams create psychological safety through answering um, vulnerable questions about themselves, about how they feel around the team, decisions that were being made. And I've run it multiple times and I learned so much about how to do that from this book. And even if you're not in corporate, I think it, or like in the workplace, I just, if you're in a job, right? Like anyone can read this and it was, I think it's amazing. The second book is called Getting Real by Susan Campbell. So you can see a trend here, right? This is all about um, 10 truth skills you need to live an authentic life. I also reached out to Susan after I read this back in 2017. And she, I, I have, we've kept in touch over the years. We met once in person when she came to New York. She's wonderful. But this is, oh my God. Like it just, immediate impact in my life using some of the skills in this about how to have real conversations with people. My dad was dying and we would have, he would hold these like family meetings about like what to do, you know, once he died. And obviously that's uncomfortable, but he really led by example in that way. And one time we were all like wrapping up the meeting, but there were very like logistical stuff like bank accounts and wills and all that. And I said, let's talk about what it's like when you're not going to be here. And we just had the most vulnerable conversation, the five of us, about what life without dad is going to be like. We talked about things he's gonna miss, how we're gonna think of him in certain times, and we cried and we laughed. And I would never have done that if it wasn't for this book.
0: You're the one who said that.
1: Yeah, because I was reading this book and I was like, I need to, I need to acknowledge right now that life is going to be different when you're not here. Like we need to talk about that. And I didn't say it in that tone, but I was very felt very like. I know that I'm holding something inside right now and it would behoove me and I think it would behoove the family too if we just like had a real a real conversation about it.
0: That was a powerful moment in your life to even have the balls to say that. Or the balls to say Yeah, the balls to say that. <laughs> to have the balls to say that to your closest people in the world to you about the scariest thing that's about to happen to you.
1: And I think so many people can do that and they don't because they're scared.
0: But yeah. scared
1: of what?
0: Scared of the what if. Scared of pulling the curtain out. Square, scared of... Just scared of the unknown.
1: Mm-hmm. I often Scared s- of
0: being vulnerable.
1: Yeah. And I often say to my clients, what's the worst that can happen? Envisioning that happening. Do you survive it? Okay. <laughs> what does fear feel like in your body? It's a vibration. It's like... It's literally, like, emotions are vibrations in our bodies. We literally just need to, like, be able to deal with the vibration, and then it passes, and we're good. And, again, if you get an emotion from a repercussion from facing something that's scary, you learn how to process that. It's life. Life is always, there's always going to be all these emotions at life, right? The best we can do is learn how to deal with them and be with them and accept them and...
0: And I always say, you know, if someone comes to me with an issue, like, well, do you plan on dying in the next five years? No. What about 10? No. What about 20? You know, you're, you're, 30, <laughs> you're, you're 35. You're going to live through 55? Yeah. All right. So what are you worried about right now? You're worried about this. Yeah. E- life will go I on. It'll. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Think about the last 10 years of your life and the, the, the dozens of issues that are bigger mm-hmm. than this. Mm-hmm. You figured it out. It always, yeah. it always works it out.
1: And what you did for that person, and those people you say that to, is you gave them perspective. And that's a lot what coaching is. Like, not a lot, but I mean, a part of coaching is having someone else give a different perspective from the way that you see the world, right? And and help you consider other, other things, like other things to look at. And that's where a lot of the ahas come from because you're like, oh, didn't even think about it that way.
0: I love it. And I guess, so now to piggyback on that, give me one word of advice for anyone trying to make it.
1: So is this like one word or like one statement?
0: Well, most life coaches who come on the show give one word, but everyone else gives a statement.
1: <laughs> really? How come?
0: I, 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 the one life coach I had on the show, she said one word, you asked for a word. She gave me. I don't remember what her word oh, was. I was
1: gonna say, don't tell me her word, cause I wonder if it would be the same. So my word.
0: It starts with. I. I, I think her word started with the C.
1: Okay. My word is mindset. That's my advice. Anything you want in this world, you can get if you have the right mindset. And mindset is all about what you think. And it's just about thinking, because what we think creates our emotions, and then what how we act and behave, and it's just a cycle. And so if you're thinking negatively and you're, you have bad thoughts, then like the emotions that you feel are going to be connected to that and the actions that you take are going to be connected with that and then the results that you get are going to be connected with that. But if you have positive thoughts, you'll feel the positive emotions. You'll take positive action, positive results.
0: Mindset. Mindset. Jackie Goldberg, life coach. Thanks. Go follower. Go follower. <laughs> her content's about to get much better. Thank
1: you, everybody.